0: Now, have a look at 2 Kings chapter 2. I said, Lord, this so much, Jennifer. I said, how on earth am I going to get all this out, Lord? Where where do you want me to start in this, in this journey here? He said, start with the core last week and talk about the glory center, which I did. And of course, we shared some other things. So if you didn't watch it, watch it again. And if you watched it, watch it again, because there's stuff that you need to hear again from last Sunday. But this, now he said, pan back a little bit, like a camera pans back. He said, pan back and give them the, big, the more of the overall picture of, 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 why I'm saying that about the building. And so we'll just get out what we can and then we'll pick it up next Sunday and it will be a blessing. So second Kings, if you would please turn with me and chapter two, praise God. And it says in verse one, second Kings two, verse one, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal and Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here until I pray thee for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. Are you with me? And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as I so liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. You notice that Bethel was their first stop yes. in their journey. Yes. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest that thou that thou the Lord will take away your master from your head today? So those prophets knew enough in the spirit realm to know that something was going to happen. Yes. Now they didn't think he was going home to heaven because later you see they thought he was on another mountain somewhere and they wanted to send a search party out. So they didn't know everything, but they knew something. They knew that there was going to be a supernatural experience and he was going to, he was going to go, but they didn't think it was to heaven. So they didn't, they knew in part, like what we all do. We all know in part. Okay. And he said, yes, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. Second stop. And he said, as the Lord liveth and as I so liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. Elisha got certain things from God because he didn't quit. He stayed where he, he stayed with whom he was planted. And no and matter how Pastor Nancy treats me, and she's very kind, but don't matter if she wasn't kind, as thy so liveth and as the Lord liveth, I will not leave thee because I know my future success is connected to being faithful to her. More than any other human being, it was to doctor and then it was to her. Praise God. And, and so your success is connected to being faithful to where God planted you. I, and so they came to Jericho, number two, verse five. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered and said, Yes, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. third stop. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they two went on, and 50 of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they two stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither. And so the two went over on dry ground. That's Elijah did that, the daddy. And it came to pass when they were gone over... Then Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I am taken from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, Let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou askest a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be unto thee. And not if, and, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass that they still went on and talked. And behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, not by the chariot, but by a whirlwind, a tornado. And Elisha saw it, remember he said, if you see me, and cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And really in the Hebrew, that means you are the mighty charioteer, the champion of Israel. That's really what he's saying. He's, he's, it's like a title of honor that he's saying over Elijah. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood. Notice, how, notice what it says. He went back. He didn't continue on into current day Jordan. He went back and he stood. Where am I? He stood and he stood by the bank of Jordan, verse 14. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, now watch now, when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The Spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And they said unto him, Behold, now there be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master, lest peradventure the Spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, Yea you shall not sin. Now remember, he's now gone from the bank of Jordan over to Jericho, which is a, not a far walk. And these guys were watching from Jericho, and now they're talking in Jericho. But when they urged him until he was ashamed, or in other words, he was frustrated, and he said, finally, send, go, do it. And they sent therefore 50 men, and they saw three days, but found him not. And when they came again to him, for he tarried at Jericho, do you see? He's at Jericho. He said to them, did I not say to you, go not? And the men of this city said unto Elisha, behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is not. And that word in the Hebrew means bad. And the ground is barren. And he said, bring me a new cruise uh, container and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth into the spring. And I've actually been right there. There's a sign right there in, in Jericho today, the current city of Jericho. And there's a sign right there called the spring of Elisha. And I took pictures there when I was there. And, uh, and that's, that's where the spring comes up out of the ground. And that's exactly where he cast. The spring hasn't changed in all these years. It's still the same place that it was back then. And, and he cast salt right into that place right there. And he cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. And so the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. Notice he was back at Jordan Bank, smote the rivers. Then he went back to Jericho, did a couple things. And now watch the next thing. What's he doing? He's retracing his steps. And he went up from thence, verse 23, unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him. And said unto him, go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. Because the Bible says Elijah was hairy. And that's why John the Baptist wore camel skin, because he came in the spirit and power of Elijah. And he even looked like Elijah. God even wanted his appearance to look like him. And that's why he wore the camel skin, because Elijah was very hairy. And when you look from a distance at John the Baptist, he looked like the Elijah man, because he was very hairy because of his camel skin. Okay, but Elisha. And and so he was very hairy. And obviously, hairy means he's not bald. He's probably got a a big, big head of hair. You know what I'm saying? But Elisha, his protege, was the opposite. He was bald. So these children are saying, "Yeah, we saw him go up. Why don't you go up? We saw him go up to heaven. Why don't you go up, Baldy? Going up. Going up. You better be careful. Cuz God don't seem to care that much that they were children. <laughs> Where's the children's rights activist when you need him? And he turned back verse 24 and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she bears, not men bears. Men bears are lazy. She bears tear you apart. They are the mama bears. They don't, they don't mess with the she bears. And out of the wood and tear 40 and two of them. So 42, 42 funerals. And he went from thence, watch now the next stop, to Mount Carmel. And from thence, where did he go? Samaria. So the Lord started to talk to me. Are you ready? And the Lord started to talk to me and he said, did I not say, which he did, that in 2017, it would be a year of me saying some things? I said, yes. He said, did I not say that 2018 would be a year of starting some things? I said, yes. He said, did I not say 2019 would be a year of settling some things or establishing some things? And I said, yes. And he said, and so 2000, which I've preached this before, but 2017 was your year. Bethel because that's where the journey started and Bethel means God speaks. 2018 is Jericho. Why? Jericho was always the place of firsts when they came out of the wilderness. They went to Jericho as the first stop in conquest. It's the beginning place of beginnings. Okay. And, And what did God say in 2018 to us? 17 he spoke, Bethel, and God speaks. You always see God speak. He spoke to Abraham in Bethel, spoke to Jacob in Bethel. He always talks in Bethel. And then in Jericho, things started. And in 2018, we said it's a year of starting, and I'll tell you a bit more in a second, but a whole lot of things started in 2018 in our church. So this I can't make this stuff up. This is God doing this. Is not me trying to force the puzzle piece to fit. This is me realizing later, oh the puzzle, the puzzle piece fit, but I don't know why, and now I'm understanding why. And then 2019, he said, this is your Jordan year. And it was a year of establishing or settling. Then he said, remember, that's the journey, remember? Then he said, now 2020 is cresting the banks of Jordan. 2020, remember, we had four parts in 20. He broke it up into four parts, not equal time wise, but four parts nonetheless. And you see here, it's the plain of Jordan. He comes up over the bank of, of Jordan because that represents 2019 for us. was a year of establishing or settling. He comes up over the bank. Now he's on the plane, and they're walking. And the Lord said, this. he told me all this August 2nd, so I didn't even know it as it was happening. But on August 2nd last year, he gave me a major word, and he said, so at the beginning of the, of the walk, he fellowship with his father. And at the beginning of the year, you fellowship with Pastor Nancy and with Randy Greer. And I spent a lot of time with them personally. And he said, and then a, a distraction came to separate him from his man of God. And there was a distraction that came called COVID and the lockdowns and all that stuff. And he said, you passed pass that test. Amen. Then he said, he ripped his garment and he said, now you're coming into a fast season where I want you to put your flesh under. It speaks of putting your way out, re, removing your way and taking on God's way. Yeah. And so we did that from November the 2nd until December the 12th. Right. It's December the 11th, sorry. And then he said to me, the fourth thing is he picked up the mantle. All of that happened in 2020, four things. Fellowship, distraction, take uh, crucifixion of the flesh, and receiving the mantle. Some of it was months in length, and others of it was one day. Because the picking up of the mantle was December 12th, and that was the fourth and final. But it was, it was, and he told me it would be at the end of the year. I didn't know exactly when until the fast, and then I knew exactly when. Okay, so that was that year. But now the Lord said to me, during the fast, and even a little bit before the fast, he started dealing with me, and he says, now when, when 2020 ends... I want you to look back at the life of Elisha and watch what he did for the same way. Now, he had to tell me this because you can't just assume this. You can't just take something from Scripture and make it yours. God has to apply things to you. You can't try to force things to be yours. Okay. so I didn't want to assume anything. All I knew is that he had said the plain of Jordan is 2020. That's it. So I went back to seek him. And I said, now, Lord, what's next? And he said, look back at the life of Elisha and what he did after he picked up the mantle. He said, look at the life of Elisha and look how he, what he did. And the timeline for your future is going to be determined by what he did, just like the timeline for your past has been determined by his actions. So I said, so so the Lord started opening up this revelation to me. And he started saying to me, so what did he do when he picked up the mantle? What was the first stop? He went back to the Jordan. He smote it himself. The Jordan parted. And people in Jericho were watching. When they saw that happen, when he saw him him pick it up and it start to work, working means it parted the thing. When When they saw that, they said, this guy's got it the same anointing that was on him is on him in other words he's a, he's our leader we can follow him look at the assignment God's given him look at the anointing God's given him and and there was a there was an establishing in their hearts and then where did he go he went from Jordan and he went over to Jericho, tarried there while they're doing their nonsense search. And then he does a couple of things in Jericho. And then what does he do? He goes over to Bethel. He's retracing the same steps he did before. And there's a couple of things that happened in Bethel. And then what does he do? He goes to Carmel. Because remember, Elijah went to Carmel when the fire of God fell. I and he slew the prophets of Baal. He goes back to Carmel, and then he retra- he's basically retracing the steps of his father because Elijah, after he finished Carmel, ran. Remember, he overtook the chariot when the Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he, and he ran to Samaria. So where does Elisha go? He goes back from Bethel to Carmel, and he goes then from Carmel to Samaria, and then the chapter ends. And the Lord said, stop reading. He said, those are the years that are coming. I'm telling you, it's precious to me. Now this is so, this is so ingrained in me because I've known it for, you know, since last August 2nd is when he showed me this on August the 2nd. So it's been now a number of months that I've been waiting, but I've been, I've been restrained Taylor until this time. So it's been a while. This is not new to me, but it might be new to you, but I've been restrained because it was for this time. He wants it said at this time, exactly. Even in this service, he's very precise. And so he said to me, 2021, 2020 was getting the mantle in the plane." He said, 2021 is your Jordan year. Amen. 2022 is your, Beth, is your Jericho year. 2023 is your Bethel year. 2024 is your Carmel year. And then it stops there, but then he continued speaking to me. And he said, 2025 is your mountaintop year. And he said in 2026 and 2026 and part of 2027 is your Samaria running to Samaria years. And he said the season of Hebron contains these years. He hasn't said anything about Jerusalem yet, but he told me based on David's life, he was in Hebron for seven and a half years. You read it. And he said to me, that starts January 1st, 2020, and it will go for seven and a half years. Now, I didn't make this up, and you don't have to believe me if you don't want to, but I know God, and I know that he said that to me. And I'm not trying to get him to say something to me. He came on me in that cruise, that wretched cruise, in that wretched room, and and, and all night he spoke to me with little Luke sleeping beside me, and then, and then, of course, he came on me. That was when, in, in 19, Lorraine? And then in 20, that was August the 8th, 2019, he, he started sharing these things with me. And then in August the 2nd, 2020, he he unveiled a lot of what I'm sharing with you today. And, of course, then during the fast and then after the fast, there's a lot more. That's why it's going to take me a number of weeks to get this out, okay? But he said to me, those years that that Elisha had, they represent the years to come. So 21 is Jordan, 22 is Jericho, 23 is Bethel, 24 is Carmel, 25, because he's retracing the steps of Elijah. Now Elijah, it doesn't list it there, but Elijah went, he was in Carmel, which is a mount area, a mountain area, and then he went to the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't at the top of the mountain at at, at that moment, because he was he was doing the the whole thing with the water and the remember the guys are cutting themselves and the fire falls. Then the Bible says he goes up to the top of Mount Carmel, puts his head between his legs and prays. Then he sees the little cloud. Then he says to the guy, you better go tell Ahab to run to to go quickly. And then the Spirit of God, he overtakes him and he goes to Samaria. But did you notice that he, Elisha, is retracing those steps because he goes back to Carmel. Carmel represents two sections. Carmel was this section of this great uh, sacrifice. The water poured out and the fire of God coming down it represents that but it also is part two in the word when you look at Elijah's life not Elisha Elijah he did that but there was then a distinct thing where he he went higher in the mountain he was lower then he went higher to the top to pray and to see the the move of God start to come and then he ran so the Lord said to me 21 is Jordan 22 is Jericho 23 is Bethel 24 is Carmel 25 is the top of Carmel 26 is running to Samaria and 27 Jerusalem begins. And if you count 20 21 22 23 24 25 26 is 7 half of 2027 20, in the middle of 2027 20, is technically technically when Jerusalem starts. And so he was taking me right through to the end of 26, early 27, which he said is you're running to Samaria season. And he said, and when you get there, that's when things start. That's when things really, that's when the gusts really begin to blow. And so I need to explain to you what these things mean, because this is the vision of the church. It's going to take me a little bit of time to explain to you the symbolism of it all, but I at least want to talk to you most importantly about 2021, because this is our Jordan year. So can, uh, if if you, you don't have to write notes, maybe you just want to listen to it again, but can you, can you uh, open up your heart? Because this is the vision that you need. This is, uh, this is the vision that you need to, you need to be aware of. Okay. So let me say this. The people watched Elisha pick up the mantle. Did you see that? They watched him. Then they watched him use it. Mm -hmm. You watched, you watched the fast. Some of you participated and you watched me, come on December 13th to say, it has come. You watch that. You represent the people in Jericho that are watching. Did you notice that God did not do it privately? There was an audience. And I said to the Lord, Jesus, you said, when you fast, don't tell anybody. Go into your closet, fast, pray, don't tell anybody. And wash your face and don't let anybody know that you're doing it. This is back in August. I said, Lord, why do you want me to tell people? Because you said when we fast, we should keep it private. I'm not trying to get credit or glory for this. So maybe I shouldn't tell. Do you remember I talked with you about that? I said, maybe I shouldn't tell anybody what we're doing. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, yes, on a normal fast, that applies. He said, but this is a special fast. And he said, this is a fast to receive the mantle, the assignment, the anointing for the rest of your ministry. And he said, there must be an audience for this fast. And he took me to that verse and he said, did you see that they watched him? And the people need to know you're doing this and they need to support you doing this and they need to participate with you doing this. And this must be a public affair. (laughs) Uh, Believe me, otherwise I wouldn't have said a word to you. I would have just done it because I was planning on doing it privately and still preaching and you don't even know I was fasting. But he said they watched him and I need the people to watch you. I need them to see the sacrifice that you're making and participate in it so did you notice that in 2020 when it was the year of the plain of Jordan when it's the year to we did all those things we passed the distraction test we did the ripping of the garment in the and then we picked up the mantle and you it was not private it was a public affair and you all saw it but now if you've just read I can't reread it all the time but I just read it to you so now you know when he goes back to Jordan the Bible says the people watched him And when he smote the river and and it parted on dry ground, they said the same anointing that was on the Father has come upon the Son. So did you notice that the people, there was an observance, Jenny. There was an observing quality during the Jordan experience. Right now, 2020, we are in our second Jordan year. 2021, sorry, we're in our second Jordan year. 19 was Jordan coming through it, 2020 was the plane. 2021 is going back through it the other way. We are in our Jordan year, and they and they there uh, they're, there is an observance quality that is happening this year, and that happened last year. That is unusual in the realm of the spirit. And I'm not making this up. The Lord said to me. Now, I understand more now, I understand it more, but when he said it to me, I didn't really understand what he meant, but I understand more now. He said, the people are watching you and how you respond during this crisis. Last year, a lot of pastors quit. A lot of pastors made excuses not to have services because they're lazy or they're afraid or they're both. And the Lord said, I'm watching you, but the people are watching you how are you going to handle this COVID crisis? But then when he said to me, Taylor, and next year, this is in the fast, and next year, 2021, there will be a continued observance while you are at Jordan, while you're starting to use this anointing. I said, I understand why people are watching in 2020, because we're picking it up, and it's a crisis, and I understand that, Lord, but I don't understand about 2021, because COVID's not going to be around in 2021, I said, it's going to be over before Christmas for sure. That's what I said. And the Lord, uh, I guess I didn't know what I was talking about because we're in our third wave. We're about to have another lockdown. And and I believe it is going to end at some point this year. but, But we're not done yet in the crisis. And so, from one perspective, Taylor—nothing to do with the anointing—I'm just talking about what is happening in the in this in this life that we live. There is a quality of observance last year, and there is a quality of observance this year. And I want you to pay attention. I'm speaking to you by the Spirit. Watch how I handle the crisis. Watch how I handle it. Take. A, learn from your pastor, because I am worthy to be learned from, at least in this situation. I may not be worthy to learn from in everything, but in this one I am, because the Lord told me I was. He said, the way you are handling this pleases me. The way you handled it last year, COVID I'm talking, and the way you're handling it this year, it pleases me. No fear, moving forward, the vision not being undaunted, unaborted, undelayed. Just moving forward and challenging the people and staying in joy and not being afraid. Watch how we're handling it because it should be how you handle it. Okay, that's separate. That's COVID. Now about the anointing, about this assignment, he said, there's an observance. Last year, there was an observance. You were talking about it. And then there was an observance of the picking up and of the tearing of the mantle. And, of and he said, but there's also an observance this year. I said, Lord, what do you mean? He said to me, and I'm going to read you how he said it to me. He said, the people watched Elisha pick up the mantle and they watched you pick up the mantle. The people recognized the anointing on his life, the call. Jordan, because he started using it, and and they're watching you. There's a further recognition of the anointing on your life being established in the people's eyes. As this anointing, as this mantle, as this assignment, as this apostle's office starts to unfold. He said to me, the assignment, the mantle, wasn't just to establish him further in the people's eyes. It was also to establish in Elisha's own heart. The assignment or or anointing for this building, for the apostle's office, for the international work, and for all the things that I'm unveiling to you this year is not just for the people to know it, but it's also for you to get revelation of it, Craig. So I saw this picture. I'm trying to paint it. I don't know if I'm doing a good job, but I'm I'm trying to paint you a picture. I saw Elisha with the mantle. He's already got it now, so 2020 is over. He's at Jordan, and he's smiting that thing. And as he smites it, the people are watching. There's an observance. And as he smites it, what he's saying is, I have received this assignment, and now this assignment must begin to manifest. Amen. For him, the manifestation was physical waters parting. For us, the manifest. and at first I thought it was just going to be a lot more healings and miracles, and, and that is true, but that is, uh, that is not really what it's about because it's symbolic. Everything is symbolic here. Yes, there are more healings and the anointing has been stronger in many ways since the mantle came for that. But it's more than that, Jenny. What God was saying to me was this mantle represents, what is the mantle? What is the definition? The anointing on an assignment. That's what he told me. He said, this anointing is an assignment on your life to do certain things. And really, what did he do? He stepped into the fullness of the prophet's office. And he said, and you're starting to step into the fullness of the apostle office. And he said, now the apostle office was already there all the time. But did you notice that Randy Greer started talking about it publicly in the year of the mantle? Before that, he never mentioned it publicly. So he was, the God was giving a little bit of a foretaste in March, 2020, a week before COVID started, he was giving a foretaste about that apostle's office because God knew it was coming to its fullness when the mantle came. Just like Elisha's fullness of the prophet's office came when he picked up the mantle. So he's got this, this assignment, this calling, this office operating in him. And what does he do? He starts to execute it he starts to use it. Well, how does he do it? He smites the Jordan. So the Lord said in 2021, are you following the parallel? Jenny, look at me, sweetheart. He said in 2021, he said, as, as he started to use that, and it started to manifest in the eyes of the people, so the anointing and assignment on your life is going to start being revealed and it's going to start manifesting not just for the people to see but for you to know so it's not just about physical healings and miracles which which at first i thought that's all it was because i i I don't know everything well there was a miracle the waters parted so maybe people are going to get out of wheelchairs in 2021 and i'm not saying that that won't happen but that is not really i was taking it literally but God is looking at it symbolically. What he was saying is the assignment on him started to manifest in the parting of the waters in Jordan. It started to manifest and people watched. Now this was establishing in their eyes that this is real, and it was establishing in Elisha's eyes this is real. This is actually working. Look at this. It's the same thing. It's working. And so he said in 2021, which is your Jordan year, this, this, what's on this, this mantle, this assignment, this office, this call, mainly this apostolic thing that is growing that, that the prophet talked about last, last year. He said, this is going to start to be revealed more than just the literal signs and wonders and healings. This, this, this mantle represents this assignment. It represents this office, this higher office, this calling that what I've got for your future. And in 2021, your Jordan year, I'm going to start to unveil it. I'm going to start to manifest it. I'm going to start to reveal what the assignment is. The mantle is the assignment. It started to manifest when he struck the waters. The assignment on me is going to start being revealed in our Jordan year of 2021. Do you see the parallel? He and I said, but Lord, we're only starting this in April. We're already behind. But that's not my fault because he said, you can't do it until you see the people. And so I had to wait. And then there's Easter. And then I didn't want to be. So april 11th was an assigned time so don't get don't get stumbling over the fact that why do we start in january because god assigned it to start april 11th and this this year the uh, the purpose of this year so all of the anything i preach else other than this is bonus because the the god's mind for 2021 is we are at the jordan again that is what this year is about God's mind for this year is that the assignment, the office, the higher office of the apostle, the, 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 the mantle, the anointing for that assignment that came in the fast, which he picked up in the plain of Jordan, is going to start working. It's going to start being revealed. It's going to start being explained this year. And that is symbolic of him striking the water. And while it's being revealed or manifested, the people are going to observe... And it's going to establish something in their hearts. And while you, Craig, are seeing it, and I'm speaking to you, and you're preaching it, and it's being revealed, it's going to establish something in your heart. So what did he call this? He called it the same name, Wayne, as he called 2019. He said 2019 was a year of establishing, settling or establishing. He said in 2021, which is also a Jordan year, will also be a year of establishing he titled it the same thing. And then I'll go back in a second. But then he also said Jericho will also be a year of firsts. Same thing as the other one. And he said, and Bethel will be a year of speaking. Same thing as the other. But he started to tell me exactly what Jericho represents and what he's going to start talking about in 2023. So he's not leaving anything to chance and more will be revealed as the months pass and as the years pass. But he's given me enough to kind of give, give me a strong understanding of where we're going and what's going to happen. And every year has a divine purpose. We don't have any haphazard years. Well, I don't know what's going to do. I don't know. We'll just figure out. No, 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 no. God has already said it. As it unfolds, you're going to be blessed. So whether you're watching, whether you're here, I want you to keep watching because uh, I have to keep going. I can't stop because of the lockdown. Okay. So are you, are you, are you catching what I'm saying here? this assignment this anointing this mantle is starting to unveil it's starting to be revealed it's starting to execute it's starting to manifest at the Jordan in 2021 how God is starting to talk he's starting to say this is what it means son it's not just signs and wonders although it includes that but this assignment on your life and on promise of life this this mantle this anointing to accomplish this assignment I got to open it up to you And I got to open it up to the people and the people have to watch you and they have to listen. And not only will they watch on a a separate, separate lesser scale, watch how I handled it last year and watch how we handle COVID this year, a crisis, because if you'll do the same, you'll have victory. But that's just a side side footnote. That's not the main thing. The main thing is watch what I say, the Holy Ghost saying through me about the purpose of the anointing and the mantle and the assignment and the office and the calling for the dears to come. Listen carefully carefully in 2021, because this is the year for it to start to manifest. This is the year for it to start. And if you will watch from Jericho, you are technically in Jordan with me, but if you watch, if you can see the symbolic picture, it's going to, something's going to be set up. It's going to be like a rock in your heart. And as I talk about it, it's going to be a rock in my heart because it's very, very important that when we leave Jordan, starting the uh, beginning of next year, that there is no question, that there is no doubt, that there is no wandering. I don't really understand. Well, is it? Re- it has to be solid. It has to be solid in my heart, and it has to be solid in your heart. And because it's complex and it's lengthy, and there's a lot of moving parts, like a watch, it, all the little wheels are connected with the other wheel. And as one turns, the other turns, the other turns, the other turns. There's a lot of moving parts to this because we're talking about a seven-year season. Yeah. And so it's going to take a little bit of time to explain it, but I'm going to explain it as clearly as I can with the help of the anointing. But by the end of this year, you have to get it. Because this is our, he's giving us a whole year in case we're slow. In case you're a little bit daft. He's giving, and dense. He's giving us a whole year to get it. He said, Craig, this is too important. You can't rush this. You got to take your time. The people have to catch this. So that by the end of this year, you look at me in rank and you say, I know exactly where we're going. I know exactly what 22 holds 23 24 25 26 and 27. I know exactly where we're headed. I know exactly what God has said. I have been observing from Jericho. I am ready to run with you. I've said I'm a runner in Hebron, but I didn't even know what Hebron was. But now I know. Now it's established in my heart, and it's established in your heart, and together, pastor, we're going to do it. That is what I'm looking for by the end of the year after you've heard the whole thing. And it's not going to take the whole year, obviously. But by the end of the year, once this has been opened up by God's power and by the preaching, I'm looking for people's agreement to say it's going to come to pass. Hallelujah. And I'm so excited. Finally, God is giving us permission to talk about it because some of this I knew August the 2nd, others of it I knew on the fast, others that I knew after the fast. Some of it he's only been revealing to me in the last three weeks, but it's too complicated for me to try to say, by the way, this was three weeks ago, but this was August 2nd and this was during the fast. I can't do that because it's all in one big notebook. Yeah. And it was too com- so I'm just going to spit it all out. It doesn't really matter when it came. The point is it came. It came between August the 2nd, 2020, and between basically the end of March 2021, all of this came. And and I'm not going to waste your time with exactly when everything was dropped, because it doesn't matter. The point is it came. So I want you to understand this is a year of observance. Pay attention to what is happening. Pay attention to how I deal with crisis, because I have a spirit of faith about it and so should you. Pay attention to how I submit to the government because it's right before God, and so should you. Amen. Pay attention to how I talk about money, how I talk about this. Pay attention in a crisis because it, if you follow my lead, Bible says, look to those that are over you and look to the end of their conversation. So God wants you to look and observe people's lives and see if it works or not. And if it works, then imitate it. Paul said, "I follow follow me as I follow Christ. So as I'm following in the footsteps of the Lord, you look to me and follow me. So this is biblical, Old and New Testament. This year, Taylor, is a year to get this vision, this assignment, this call, this anointing, this office, this mantle, and what it represents, and where we're going, and what we're doing, and what it's for, it has to open up. Do you understand? From one perspective, just like the power of God took the physical water and parted it, God is going to come in this year by his power, and the water of revelation is going to be opened to you so you can see, wow, this is what God is saying. I thought it just meant physical miracles, but it's symbolic. It's talking about an opening of the waters and an opening of revelation knowledge so that you can observe and see and know because you're going to have to run and I'm going to have to run and we're going to run and we're going to do this together. Hallelujah. Are you excited? I don't know. I haven't said much. I haven't even hardly got anything out, but, but, but I, I, I'm excited. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this, because some of you, I just want to make clarity. 2019 was a year of Jordan, remember? We went through it this way. Now we're going through it that way. It was also a year of establishing, did we not say? It was a year of establishing. And what am I saying now? It's a year of establishing. But let's clarify, because the 2019 establishing is very different to the 2021 establishing. They're both called establishing, but they're both very different. Okay? 2019, we went Going through the Jordan the first time, it was establishing an old season was over and a new season was beginning. Yeah. It was a demarcation line. And you remember, I just I won't give you all of it cuz it'll take too long, but you remember I gave you multiple examples, but I'll just quote you three. Jesus passed through the Jordan after remember he went under the Jordan, he was baptized by John, God came and he went over into the wilderness and started to fast. What did it represent? The end of one season? The beginning of a new season all his childhood years all his apprenticeship carpenter years was over and the ministry was beginning he went into the fast he came out and starts to preach you see how it starts it ends and starts a season now this represents the 19 year not the 21 year, the 19 year. Now, what did, what do we see about Israel? They've been 40 years in the wilderness, and they come through the Jordan, and there was an end of one season, and a beginning of a new season, and they go to Gilgal. They're circumcised. They go to the plain of Jordan. Jesus shows up with the sword. He says, take Jericho, and they start their Canaanite conquest. End of one, beginning of the next. All right, Genesis, what did Jacob do? He's got all those years, 17, 18 years of Laban. He's been working somebody, the guy's been cheating him for, all those years. And he's coming now into his own. He's no longer working for a man. He's got his own. He's got his own wives, his own children. He's coming into his own land of promise, his own Canaanite years. He's coming in. And what does he do? He crosses the Jordan. And it was that night by the Jordan, Jesus came and wrestled with him. And Esau said, I love you, brother. And he moved on into his new life. See, Jordan represents the end of one and the beginning of another. Do you understand that? Yes. What happened in 19? God told me there's going to be a 15 year from the time Dr. Defrain anointed you and prophesied over you in Peru in 2004. Count 15 years, son like David, from the time the prophet Samuel anointed him when he was 15 years old. It was 15 years until he sat down on the throne of Hebron. Remember this? I don't know if you remember this, but this is what I've said many times. I didn't make that up. God said that to me. And he said, just like the prophet anointed him privately amongst his brethren, but there was no public people there. So I anointed you through Dr. Defrain privately in Peru because nobody knew you. Yes. And he said, and then the clock started for you like it started for David. Yes. And there was seasons, six years. We had to, we had to yes. get in the plan of God, not go to Peru, reposition, work for Pastor Coulter, get in line, get, get all the ducks in a row, six years. Yes. That was 2004, 2010. Then in 2010, Dr. Dufresne came and there was more of a public demonstration and the roof disappeared. And he saw the mantle come on June 28th and he prophesied in front of everybody and uh, on a live stream and other people heard it. <laughs> and other people didn't like it. But see, that started in 10. And then he said, so there was a private thing, just like David. And then there was a public thing later on. Where it was more public, and he said that started another six years from 2010 to 2016. And he said the first just had to position and get in the right the right position. And he said the second six years was a qualification season. That's why I was watching. Would you talk about it? Would you pray about it? Would you fast about it? Would you seek me about it? And I sure did. Sometimes to the point of the annoyance of congregation members. One person said, "Would you stop talking about that mantle already?" And I said, "No, I can't. I don't know why, but there's something on me. I feel like if I, I have a holy fear of God, I don't know what it is, but and I didn't know what." I knew now I said if I don't keep talking about it I don't know God's going to be displeased that was the inner witness God was watching if I showed it with reverence to it if I had reverence for it in that six-year period and then he said that's 12 years and then he said now remember in 16 that was 25 years of ministry that's when you kissed my ring which has never happened since and I thought wow this I knew in the spirit something big was happening but I didn't know I thought it was 25 years it had nothing to do with the 25 years because god said in 2017 it's a new beginning why 2017 was your bethel year in other words your positioning season was over your 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 qualifying season was over and now you're in the last stretch 17 18 19 before you get that mantle what doctors saw we were marked for it but we didn't have it yet Do you understand? Just like Elisha was marked when Elijah threw the coat on him, but he didn't get it until the plain of Jordan. And so 17 was a very important year. It was a year he said something, Bethel, and then he started certain things, Jericho, and then he established things, 19. What is that? That was 14 years really, if you, count for, if, you, if you count for 2004, it was really 15 years. 2019, if you include 2004, was 15 years. Yeah. And the Lord said to me, I'm telling you, you can't make this up. He said, to, this is how important it is to Jesus. He wants us to be in the know. He said, as David was in a season, a preliminary season before he entered Hebron. When he entered Hebron, he was 15 years in that season. When he entered Hebron, he sat down upon a throne and that anointing, his true anointing to lead the country came on him. Right. He said, so for 15 years, you have been faithful. You have been in all these different seasons. But on, the, but, but, on the, but on that next year, which for us was 2020, you will enter into your Hebron years. That's why we call it Hebron. And you will sit down upon a throne what is he talking about? Remember, he didn't just get anointed privately with his brethren, but then in, in, his, in, in, that, in that year of Hebron, the elders came and poured oil over David again. And he sat down as the king. And the Lord said, this season of Hebron, the first year of Hebron, first of seven and a half years, you're going to seek me. And then of course, all the Elisha parallel goes with that. And he says, and you're going to pick up that mantle that Dr. Dufresne saw. And there, I'm going to anoint you with fresh oil as I did David. And you're going to sit down like he did as a king. You're going to sit down in some things. You're going to sit down in, in this new anointing and in this calling. All of the previous years were practice, but 2020 it starts. Are you listening to me? So there's a, there's a David parallel line there of 15 years and then Hebron. And then, of course, there's seven and a half years in Hebron, and then he goes to Jerusalem. So the David parallel is the macrocosm for our whole life. Yes. But then the Elisha parallel is much more specific. It only starts in the 13, 14, and 15 years of that 15 years. It started 17, 18, 19. But it started with Bethel and Jericho and Jordan. And then the plain, 2020. And then 2021 is Jordan again. And then Jericho and then Bethel. And then it continues on to Carmel, then Mount Carmel, and then Samaria, seven years. I'm telling you, you can't make this up. I couldn't make this up. I'm not smart enough to make this up, but God showed it to me. He said, this is what's going to happen. And so he said, 2021, they're going to watch you. 2021, tell them, footnote, to watch you how you handle the crisis, because if they do the same, they'll have victory. But more importantly, that's not really what he's talking about. He said, tell them to watch you, because now the waters are going to open. And revelation about this mantle is going to come. And instruction about the future is going to come. And the people that watch with a heart that's open, it will establish it in their heart. And it will establish it in your heart so that it's like granite when this year is over and you're ready to take off Amen. in 2022. Amen. Praise God. But remember, in 2019, in we were coming this way through the Jordan. Why? Because it represented a season that was ending and a season that was beginning. What was ending? All those 15 years was ending and Hebron 2020 was about to dawn. So that season of going through the Jordan, God was establishing a new season has come. 2020, the year of Hebron, the year of the of the mantle, the year of the plain of Jordan, it is on the horizon. So we were coming through to end the season and now enter a new one. That's what the 19 Jordan represented. But the 2020 Jordan does not represent that. It's different. It's still called establishing, but it's not the ending of one and the beginning of another. What he's doing is he's establishing what we've just picked up in 2020. He is revealing and opening and explaining and manifesting and establishing in your heart and in my heart what we got on december 12th the first jordan was to say it's over son jesus your carpenter years are over you're entering israel your your 40 years in the wilderness are over you're entering jacob your laban years are over you're entering craig your 15 years is over you're entering but now this year going back he's saying what you got i'm gonna explain What you got, use it to strike the waters. Start talking about the mantle and let the water open. Let revelation open to the people and to you. Do you see that? That's supernatural, I'm telling you. Because if they will observe this year, I will so establish it in their hearts and in your heart so that by the end of this year, you are ready to run. Now you're running already, but you're ready to I'm telling you, it, it, it's, it's, a different, it's a different kind of a run. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did I, did I explain that clearly enough to you? I hope I did. Yes. Praise God. So what are we going to do in this year? Oh, and he said this, and I'm quoting now, and he said this very clearly. This is not the inner witness. The inner witness is my spirit speaking. Praise Sorry, let me rephrase that. The inner witness is a knowing. The inner voice, the still small voice, is my spirit as influenced by the Holy Spirit speaking, and it's very quiet. Your spirit's never loud. It's always soft. But when a voice comes to you on the inside, and it's strong, that's called the authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost, and that is God himself speaking to you. You need to understand the difference. A lot of people say, God spoke to me, but they're talking about the still small voice. That's not God, that's you. Your spirit knows a lot of stuff that your brain doesn't know because the Holy Ghost lives in your spirit, and he whispers to your spirit, but your brain hasn't caught up yet. But when he talks, it is a distinct thing. And he spoke by the authoritative voice of the spirit to me. And he said, this is during the fast. And he said, 2021 shall be known as the year of establishment. And I'm telling you, it was like somebody was standing beside me talking out loud. It was that loud in my heart. It shall be known as the year of establishment. And that's when I started asking, what do you mean? The other one was called establishment two. Well, how is this different? And then he explained, that was the ending of one, the beginning of a new, but this is now establishing the mantle. This is now explaining and the waters will open up. Waters always speak of the word in the Bible. It speaks of revelation of the word. So when he's opening the waters, the waters are parting. What he's saying is, I'm gonna pour, I'm gonna part the waters. I'm gonna give you revelation. I'm gonna let you see what this is all about. Praise God. And it is gonna be known. And so we need to start saying it, 2021, our Jordan year is a year of establishment. God is establishing the mantle. He's establishing and revealing the mantle. He is opening the waters to us that we would know what he's saying so that by the time this year is over, every one of you know exactly what 2021 was about. You know exactly what 2022 is gonna be about. You know exactly what God's gonna do in 2023. As much as he's revealed, there'll be more later. You'll know exactly what 2024 Carmel is gonna be about. you know, gonna exactly know what the mountaintop of Carmel in 25 is gonna be. You know exactly what the Samaria year is gonna be about. And that's gonna lead us right up to the door of Jerusalem. And Dr. Dufresne said that this last great revival, which God said to me, the last great revival represents Jerusalem. He said that will start in 2027. Now he said that, I didn't even know he said that. God said to me, it will start in 2027. And then he showed me that in what Dr. Dufresne's writings were to confirm it to me, because I didn't even know Dr. had said that. And in 20, look from 2020 to 2027, seven and a half years takes you to June 30th, 2027. July 1st is the, is the middle marker of 2027 and i'm telling you in the spirit we may not notice anything in the natural but in the spirit jerusalem starts july 1st canada day canada day 2027 jerusalem begins in the realm of the spirit i'm not saying that we'll see any great manifestation maybe we will i don't know but i'm just telling you we've got from now until july 1st 2027 to fulfill the assignment of hebron and we better fulfill it you understand we better fulfill it I could say some stuff, but I won't. I, I I, I, I no, you wouldn't. You'd choke on it. Uh, you'd, I'm telling you, you will. It's, you don't give steak to a little baby because they'll choke. But as this year grows, and as your digestion improves, I will say some things that are very um, bold, uh, and not anyway. Leave it at that. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about some stuff, Taylor. We're gonna talk about what the mantle is what the assignment is, what the call is. We're going to talk about the building. He wanted me, I wanted to preach this last week, Chantel, because this is the macrocosm, and the way my mind, I'm not a lawyer, but I think I could have been one, but the way my mind works is work outward into a central core, but God don't like that for this time. He said, no, you start with the central core and then move back and start working outward, because 11th of April was something special to God and I don't even fully know why but he said it is an assigned time to talk about the glory center and everything I'm going to share with you in many ways is going to come down to this core of what this glory center is going to do because the glory center is for Jerusalem the glory center is for the last day great revival the glory center is when the glory is coming and we are in a season to prepare for Jerusalem like David was in Hebron to prepare for the temple now he didn't build the temple. His son did. But you remember, he prepared for the ark to come in and for the presence of God to fill Jerusalem. And so the ark of the glory of God is going to come in in our Jerusalem years. And it's going to be the last day great revival. And it's going to be the glory of God. And it's going to be all the revivals put together like Branham and Wigglesworth and Summerall and Dr. Dufresne prophesied. All the revivals will come together in the last great outpouring of God in the earth. And it is going to be called the last great revival. When Jesus appeared to Dad Hagen, he said, and it shall be called the last day. great revival jesus himself told dad hagen it will be called that and the working of miracles will take center stage for it is i'm quoting jesus for it is time for the working of miracles oh they've laughed at us long enough they've mocked us for years Oh, they've looked, and the secret sensitive has brought a reproach to the name of Jesus. Letting people sin and live ungodly and do wrong things. But there is a remnant that has held the standard of righteousness, and God is going to look down, and listen to me, he is letting Ishmael and Isaac live together for a season. The flesh church and the spirit church grew together for a season. But when Isaac was four years old, Ishmael was cast out when he was 13. And where the time is coming where there will be a separation from flesh churches and Holy Ghost churches. And they will, they will be on the outs with God. He will not use them. Not the same way. He will try as much as he can because he loves them. But they will have positioned themselves away from his glory because of their carnality and sin. But the righteous ones, I'm telling you, there will be a line drawn. And I'm telling you, this last day, great revival, there's going to be a separation between the flesh church. What God told Dad to frame was called the flesh and the spirit church. God told Greer, it was called the informational church and the revelational church. There is going to be a line, and you're going to see this line get stronger. This divide is going to grow in the Hebron season. It's going to grow. It's going to grow. And by the time Jerusalem dawns, the 2027 dawns, and this last day, great revival begins... I'm not saying we'll see all of it in 2027, but in the spirit, it starts when that starts happening. There is going to be a separation because the glory of God is going to come into churches that have sought him. And these carnal ones, they're They're just going to have all their natural things. And it's going to pale in comparison to the power of God that we're going to have. And I'm not just saying it because I'm trying to compete with people or I'm annoyed with people. I'm just telling you that is what the prophets have said. That is what far greater than me have said. That is what Branham said. That is what Wigglesworth said. That is what Sumrall said. That is what Hagen said. That is what Dufresne said. That is what Copeland is saying. That is what Pastor Nancy is saying. All of them. That is what Jerry is saying. I see. I see on the horizon. I see glory clouds forming on the horizon. What do you think they're saying? They are seeing into the future. They are seeing what will start in 2027 and will grow until the rapture. I don't know when Jesus is coming. But I'll tell you my opinion, which you probably don't want to know, but I'll tell you my opinion. He said to Dr. Sumrall, it will be as in the days of Noah, which the Bible says, and it will be like Noah. And he preached a hundred years before judgment fell. And and Dr. Sumrall said to him, and I trust Dr. Sumrall. He said, Lord, are you telling me there'll be a hundred years of preaching before you return? And he said, as it was in the days of Noah, he repeated it, which means yes. He said, Lord, when does the hundred years start? And God didn't answer him. Because if you know when it starts, then you know when the rapture's coming. Because you just add 100. It's not that hard. Now, I could be wrong. Because nobody knows. Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back. Only the Father knows. But the Bible says that. Only the Father knows. Jesus don't even know when he's coming back. Only the Father. He'll look at him and say, one day, go. It's time for the trumpet, son. I'm off my notes, but I have to finish it, and then we'll close. And I'll pick it up next week. But let me, I didn't even get to 2022. It's your fault. But maybe we just talked about 2021 today. But, I, but in my opinion, because in, in uh, September 1950, September 2nd, he gets pulled up, come up hither. And the spirit leaves his body and he goes to heaven, Dad Hagen, and he stands in the throne room of God. God is standing about four, sitting 14 feet to the right of Jesus behind him. And Jesus says, do not look at the father. Oh, my God, Jenny. He said, look at me. And he starts talking to him and he said, you are the forerunner, the last great of revival forerunner of my coming. You're the forerunner of my second coming. And he said, I told your mother to name you John after John the Baptist because he was the forerunner of my first coming, but she didn't hear me. She didn't listen and she didn't call you, but it doesn't matter your name. What matters is that you minister in the power of the spirit. He said, go back, tell my people faith because that's the message that's going to bring back Jesus. Because he says, when I come to the earth, will I find faith? So he's looking for the message of faith. Why do you think people oppose Dad Hagen so much? Because the devil is against that message. Because that's the message Jesus is looking for when he returns. Dad Hagen was the forerunner of the of the last second of the of the return of the Lord. He is the forerunner for it. Now my humble opinion, and I could be wrong, but my humble opinion is that from the time Dad Hagen started to preach, is when God started the clock of the hundred years of Noah. Because the for, Noah was the forerunner in his generation, and God gave 100 years of preaching. And I believe that he is, because Jesus told him, you are the forerunner of my second coming, of my return to the earth. I believe the time he started preaching, the clock started. So I've been searching for a long time. I've asked people, I've asked different people, when did Dad Hagen, I don't know. I've asked people that knew Dad Hagen personally, like very well. When did he start preaching? I don't know. So I started listening. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't talk about it. I don't ever hear him talk about it. But I'm on the fast, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, turn on YouTube. YouTube? I get to watch a movie? I turn on YouTube. He said, put in Kenneth E. Hagan. I put it in. And I'm telling you, he said, watch that. So I watched that, and in that message, and then the next message, he said, watch that. Three messages in the same day, all three of them. God led me to the Mary Chris. All three messages, he says in the messages. People asked me when I started to preach. I started preaching August the 8th, 1934. I mean, most ministers I know don't know that. And they knew him personally. I've read book after book trying to find that date, never found it. And on this one day in the fast god told, took me to three sermons on youtube and said listen to that listen to that listen to that out of the mouth of two or three i'll establish it and all three he said i started preaching august the 8th 1934. now I, i'm not prophesying i don't know i could be wrong but i truly believe that august 8th 1934 the hundred year clock started and i could be wrong and i don't care if i am or not don't really matter jesus is coming anyway But I believe with all my heart that Jesus is coming on the Feast of Trumpets, which is September in 2034. I believe that God, if he's that precise with little old me that don't even really matter. And he is that precise on everything that he's telling me about our church and the years and the specifics. He is so, he created physics. He has quit the elliptic of the moon and the sun. and the, He is, is a mathematician. He is not haphazard. He is very precise. And if he's this precise, I'm telling you, when he says a 100 years, it is a 100 years. I don't know when it started, but I believe that Jesus was not lying when he said, You are the last, the forerunner of the return of the Lord. And I don't believe Dad Hagen was lying when he told us that. And if that's true, then he started preaching August the 8th, 1934. Do you know what happened on August the 8th, 1934? In the morning, but just before 10 o'clock, he got revelation of Mark eleven twenty-three 23 and Mark 11, 24. Yeah, because that is the message of faith that's going to bring back Jesus. Yeah, right. And he sat up in the bed yeah. and, he, and he pulled himself up and he just started praising that he got healed by faith. Yeah. And he felt all the oil come and the honey and the pinpricks, and he started walking around. He was paralyzed for life. He was there was no hope, an incurable heart condition, blood disease, paralysis, pa- paralysis from the waist And he's walking whole, and he comes out to Grandpa, who's sitting eating breakfast, and he sits down, and Grandpa says, "His Lazarus raised from the dead," and he said, "Yes," and he starts preaching. He started to his grandpapa. And God didn't care there was no pulpit. God counted it from the day that he started preaching. Because he said, I started the ministry August 8th, 1934. Why? Because he preached to grandpa. <laughs> there was no offering. He didn't have three points, four hymns and five haws. There was no sermon notes. All he did is say, Grandpa, I'm raised up. And God said, you are proclaiming. You are proclaiming. And proclamation is preaching. And he started, and I've heard him three times out of his own mouth say that. I started August the 8th, 1934. And I said, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? God didn't say nothing because he's very careful not to say too much to me because he knows I'm a blabbermouth. I'm going to tell everybody. But he didn't answer me. You shut up now, Taylor. Now, he didn't answer me, but I said, God, are you trying to tell me something? I've been asking you for years when he started. I've asked 12 ministers. None of them know. You're telling me he started August 8th, 1934? Are you telling me that that is the 100 year? I know he's the forerunner. I know you said to some roads it's gonna be like in the days of Noah. Lord, are you telling me you're coming in 2034? He may be, he may not be. It don't matter, but I can guarantee you one thing. We will know the year that he's coming. We may not know now what the year is, but we will know the year it happens because he says, he says it will not overtake you as a thief in the night. You're gonna know. He said, you're not gonna know the day or the hour because the Feast of Trumpets is three days. So you're not going to know if it's Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. But you're going to be here in church without your masks. And you're going to be here with no social distancing. And you're going to be here Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Because at any moment in that 72 hours, we're going to hear a trumpet and a shout. And we're going. I'm telling you, the church is not going to be surprised. So don't say stupid things like Jesus will come tomorrow. He can't. He has to come on the Feast of Trumpets. The Trumpet Trumpets is not tomorrow. Now this September, you could say, Jesus, are you coming? Because at least you know. But you'll know in your spirit if it's this is the year. I'll know in my spirit. Doctor Doctor De- Dr. Uh, and and Doctor Savell and Reverend Greer. We're gonna know. They're gonna know in their spirits. This is it, guys. I'm telling you, nobody's going to be surprised. They're going to be preaching all year. This is it, guys. It's, uh, this is it. It's happening this year. Hey, you better get ready. You better start telling those heathens to get saved. He's coming. We got till September. You better move. Now, if that's 30, 30, 20, 34, we'll know it that year. So he's not telling us now, but I'm telling you, I would not be plumb surprised if it is because that is the hundred year anniversary of the forerunner. And if you've noticed from 2027 to 2034 is seven years, which is the number of perfection. And if God gave seven and a half years in Hebron, there's a very good chance that he'll give seven years or more in Jerusalem because it's the number of completion and the number of perfection. And all that has to happen in this last day revival is going to happen in that season, what I call Jerusalem. It could happen 35 It could happen other years. I've asked Joe Morris, the great theologian of end time prophecy, and he don't think it's anything to go to that. Hagan, not that he's against that. He agrees, but he just doesn't base his stuff like I do on that. But he bases it on all his blood moon this and blood moon that and all this thing and all the other signs. And he's convinced it will happen either 33 or 34. And I keep telling him, it's not happening 33. You're wrong. (laughs) Because all your stupid signs don't matter. What matters is the forerunner. Oh, well, Brother Craig, do you believe he's the forerunner? Well, yes, but there's no buts. That means it's 34. But there's also some stuff happening in 35 in the heavens, so it could go as long as that. Who knows? I don't know. But all I know is that we're going to know. And we have not gotten too much time. we 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 don't. Now, if I'm wrong and he comes in 2067, fine. I'll be old. I'll be wrinkly. So will you i'll have grandchildren naughty ones that take after their daddies i'll have great grandchildren i'll have my ferrari i'll have my plane i'll be cruising to oasis in style and I'll be saying, Jesus, what a sweet life. Take as long as you want. I've got some more time to cast out devils and get people healed and harass Taylor and abuse Reverend Greg. i got lots of time. Lord Jesus, take as long as you want. So it don't matter to me if it's 30, 34 or not. The longer he waits, the happier I am because it means more people get to know Jesus. It means I fulfill my calling and I have more time to fulfill my calling so I am not pushing for him to come, but at the same time, our hearts, because we hate this place so much, we hate the devil, and we want to see Jesus, we do say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Now, he could come this year, but he won't be coming tomorrow. He'd have to come in September. Praise God, and I'm so happy. My birthday is October the 6th, so while I'm at the marriage supper, everybody's going to say, happy birthday, Pastor Kirk. You see how we can get into the ditch very easily? You see how the anointing lifted Jenny when I said that? Yeah, there we go. I wanted to get into 2022, but time is far spent. I'll end it with that. I just felt the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is funny. Because I got all my notes and I got got a lot to say. But I just heard him say, stop for a second. And just preach to them a little bit about when I'm coming. Or when you think I'm coming. Which I don't know if that is true or not. Because, listen, uh, the Holy Ghost knows when he's coming. Because the Spirit knows the deep things of the Father. But the Holy Ghost and the Father have ganged up on Jesus and they won't even tell him. Poor Jesus. They won't even tell him. I know, but I ain't telling you. Lord, when are you coming? I'm not telling you, Craig. I'm not telling you either, Joe. And I'm not telling you, Dr. Summer, and I'm not telling you, Pastor Nancy. Jesus don't even know. But God's going to look over to him and say, are you ready? Go get him. Go get him, boy. Oh, my God, Jennifer. Oh, see, this is not a fairy tale we got to remember the Bible says encourage one another with these words and comfort one another that the Lord is coming back what does it do do you notice what happens when we talk about it something in you goes oh oh, this is real this is not some fairy tale this is real I can't believe it. I'm actually going to go up. I'm going to change my body, my old fat, nasty body, going to be a nice, smooth, beautiful body. And I'm going to go right up into that cloud. And I'm going to see him. And I'm going to love him. And I'm going to have a mansion. And I'm going to see those angels. And I'm going to see grandma and grandpa. And I'm going to see this. And I'm going to see my babies if they went home early. And I'm Glenn's saying, I'm going to see my beautiful Faye. And she'll be standing there saying, Dad, come here. Hugging. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, this is not make-believe. This is not some movie. This is actually going to happen. And we're going to be right in the middle of it. Because Dad Hagen, the forerunner, Two weeks before he died in Toronto, in the Delta thing, I've been to that hotel. He put his arm around Brother Greer privately and talked to him for an hour. And he still won't share half the things he said because it was so holy and private. But he talked to him about the last day, great revival. He talked to him about the end times. And what he will share is he said, and you, son, will be right in the middle of it. And that's why I'm staying close to Reverend Greer. Because wherever he is, he's right in the middle of it. As long as he continues living right, which he will. Because, you know, I'll beat him up if he doesn't. But he is going to stay right in the middle. I'm going to stay close to him, close to Pastor Nancy, close to Brother Jerry. We're going to be right in the middle, and we're going to move with God. And when he moves, we move. And we're not going to get stagnant and starchy and say, well, this is different. This was not what God did last year. No, he's moving and we're going to move with him and we're going to enter into 2027 strong having fulfilled hebron and we're going to enter into our new building strong the glory center and god's going to start to show up in power and it's going to be the marking of the last great revival whether it's seven years or 17 years i don't care it's going to mark the beginning of the end 2027 marks the beginning of the end so if i were you i'd burn i'd enjoy your masks because there ain't no masks then there's no weakness then. There's no fear then. There's no this nonsense that we're going through. It's going to be a strong, mighty church. I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you. God for the Holy Ghost. I'm feeling courage. Praise God. I feel encouraged. I feel reminded that great days are ahead. That what I've seen is nothing. The best is yet to come. And this year, Father, I I commit and we dedicate 2021. It shall be known as the year of establishing. You took us in 19 and you said, and the old season is over and the new season dawns. And you established and you seized it in our hearts. But then we went into 20 and we picked up that anointing. And now in this year we're back to the Jordan. And it will also be known as the year of establishing. But Lord, it is not the previous definition. This year you are opening up, revealing, and establishing in our hearts the assignment, the anointing, the mantle, the anointing, the call, the office. This year the waters will part and revelation will be revealed. You will open it up to us. And we will end this year, Father, stronger than when we entered it. We will end this year sure of what this Hebron season holds. And the vision pounding in our hearts and our legs running to catch up. And we will enter 2027 exactly where we should be. And Lord, we will enter the glory season and the glory center and the Jerusalem years and the last day great revival. And we will do our part, Father, and it will be a whirlwind of joy until we hear that trumpet sound and the voice say, come up hither. And oh, Jesus, I ain't staying here not one second longer. I'm going up to be with you. Oh, my Jesus. But we will run our race. We will honor you in this season. Glory to God. There's no, there's no more time for games and nonsense and sin and offense and oh this and jumping ship and being a church tramp. And I didn't like what he said there. Lord, the vision is being, it's being opened up to them. The water is being opened and parted to them for revelation to dawn Amen. so that they can run. We've been saying it, Lord, but we don't even have to know what we're running about. But they're saying it. Thank God they're saying it. But Lord, now they need to know what they're running for. So I thank you, Lord, we started today. I know you're pleased. I know you're thrilled. I know, Father, I know when the Holy Ghost is grieved and I know when he's pleased. Lord, sometimes I end a sermon and I feel you grieved because I didn't say this or I didn't say that or I talked that too long or I was too aggressive or too not aggressive. But Lord, I just know you're smiling and you're pleased with what we did today. You're pleased with what got out today. And Lord, we'll pick up 2022 next Sunday in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen.